0: and welcome to Esker Live! I am Hannah and I will be helping moderate today's live stream. We are tuning in from Madison, Wisconsin, so if you're tuning in from somewhere else, feel free to drop it in the chat and uh, tell us where you're tuning in from. Our presenters today are Chris Hazlett and Graham Smith, uh, Esker Business Development Managers, Uh, This is part two of our Automation 101 series, so if you haven't watched part one, I will drop the link in the chat, so feel free to watch after we conclude today's live stream. But today, Graham and Chris will be walking you through how to find an automation solution that suits your organization's needs and to know what questions you should be asking during the process so you can feel confident and secure in your decision. And Throughout the presentation, if you have any questions, please feel free to drop them in the comment section. We will address them at the end. So without further ado, Chris, Graham, take it away.
1: Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Hannah. Um, hello. Welcome everyone again to Esker Live. Uh, thank you to those who have taken some time to tune in today. Uh, first and foremost, I want to introduce you to my counterpart, Graham Smith. Graham and I are both uh, enterprise business development resources here at Esker. So Graham, glad to have you on. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Um, Organizations generally engage with Esker when they're looking to have greater visibility over the cash conversion cycle. They're eliminating manual tasks, allowing for strategic repositioning of staff, uh, overall resulting in more efficient processes. So uh, for those of you that are not familiar with Esker and how we support clients, Esker's capable of automation within multiple business processes. So this includes both invoice to cash, procure to pay, and order management processes. So today, my colleague Graham and I will be discussing some of the main must-haves when it comes to an automation solution. So today's focus is not to Esker. It's not an opportunity for us to boast about the product, its functionality, how great we are, how great it is, we want to share our experience, uh, which includes discussions of the typical drivers in looking at a SaaS automation solution and some of the specific criteria people focus to when evaluating this type of technology. So whether you move forward with Esker, another provider, you know, hopefully today's conversation can provide some value. So as Hannah had mentioned, please keep in mind that we do have a chat session open Feel free to ask questions. We'll try to answer those to the best of our abilities um, as they come in. So Graham, first off, great to have you. Excited here that you and I are discussing these details i um, excited to hear more about your thoughts on the conversation as well as um, some of the dis- discussions you've had with customers um, you've been involved with.
2: Yeah, definitely, and it's great to be here. Uh, I'm excited for this session. Um, you know, I think a, a good place to really kick this off is with what is automation, um, because it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, depending on circumstances, depending on the technologies that maybe you have in place. Um, so I looked up the, the dictionary definition which defines automation as the technique of making an apparatus, a process or a system operate automatically. Um, And I thought that that was relevant um, because right now, KPMG um, had mentioned in their 2021 CEO outlook survey um, that 70% of CEOs are saying that new partnerships are critical to continuing the pace of digital transformation. Um, And 60% of organizations are Placing more capital investment into sourcing new technology Um, in, you know, in the state of affairs with today, I think automation is really relevant. Um, You know, I think a couple of the things that we're going to touch on today are, are, you know, varying levels of automation. Um, I think a lot of what you and I hear uh, when we're talking with companies is, oh, you know, we're already automated. Our ERP does that. We have something here. We have something there. Um, And that might not be full automation. There might be pieces of that pie um, that are still left there as, as manual tasks. Um, and, you know, throughout various business processes as well, you know, there's a lot of different options. Um, you know, Chris, I'm, I'm curious, you know, um, what, what are some of the main reasons that you're hearing from companies for starting to look at automation initiatives?
1: Sure, Grant. Uh, you know, primarily I'm hearing just to become more efficient, um, yeah. dealing with challenges of growth, or possibly companies that feel that they have too much headcount and they're looking to reallocate that. So um, it, it varies upon companies. You know, people that are very manual when it comes to their process, whether it be um, you know collections, contract management, APAR. Yeah. Um, you know, there are there are a multitude of, of business processes that can benefit from automation and you know it helps limit those manual touch points to create mm-hmm. more visibility over their processes. So it's a combination and it, it does vary, but there are some consistencies we see. So um that's just my my viewpoint of it.
2: Right. Right. You know, and, and I think when considering uh, a lot of these solutions, you know, companies are starting with why, you know, what why are they automating? um you know and i think you nailed it on the head with what you said chris you know um current state of affairs there's there's staffing issues a lot of companies are looking at technology to either remain headcount neutral uh, allow the ability to upskill maybe uh, i'm sorry upskill their staff so that they can focus on more responsibilities um and are you know starting that discussion around do we look at a third party do we hone in kind of our process uh, are we looking for a short term bandaid to fix this? Or are we looking to, to really scale something? Um, you know, and when it comes to actually looking at a specific solution, you know, let's face it, there, there are a lot of companies out there that have a very similar offering, they have similar products and features. Um, and, and really it's up to you as to what you decide to go with. Um, what, what's gonna fit your needs the best? What's gonna help you to achieve your goals? um because you know not not every vendor is necessarily a good fit mm-hmm. um and you know some might allow you to scale a little bit better than others um absolutely so you know' I'm, I'm, I'm curious Chris what what are some of your thoughts on that
1: Yeah yeah and and some of the main questions that i think uh, are brought off brought up, fairly often. And these are questions that I think people can focus to in these evaluation stages because it helps, um, it helps weed out some of the challenges that you may, may encounter. It helps kind of bring to light some of the issues. So, you know, some of the main criteria you want to look at, some of the main questions are, you know, what's the executive team view on this? Are they supporting it? You know, are there specific outcomes they're, they're anticipating, um, perhaps who initiated the interest? Was this from the business process side? Was it some other department like digital transformation, finance, IT, the executive suite? And have thoughts been shared with the other team members or stakeholders? Do they find it just as important as you do? you know again, those leadership, the IT business process owners and management may all have different reasons of looking at automation, but you know, how does this tie into the big picture? So sometimes we see there's a big push for certain takeaways, like employee satisfaction, improving supply chain, reducing cost of operation. You know, does it tap into those larger top organizational initiatives? And what are the problems that you're trying to avoid in the future? So, you know, a big question is if you don't make this change, what problems could you face? Is it going to be staffing?
0: turnover Mm -hmm.
1: financial repercussions uh user adoption recession risks Uh, obviously that's something that we're hearing more often and will you be left behind while your competitors in the market move forward with technology making them more efficient so really you just want to understand what does success look like six months down the road uh, after implementation so
2: right you know and i think in in addition to those questions that you referenced, you know, what, what's driving this, maybe from a metric standpoint? Sure. Um, are there specific productivity metrics or specific coaching metrics? Are you looking at headcount neutrality? Um, you know, and again, when you kind of get in the specifics, at least what I think we see here at Esker is, you know, goals to, lower day sales outstanding maybe days payables outstanding days deductions outstanding things like that um you know i think recently what we're hearing from a lot of companies that that we're engaged with and you know i think we both mentioned this before are are those staffing challenges um Mm -hmm. from top to bottom really whether that's on the customer service side the finance side um i was speaking with a group just earlier this week uh, that are looking at an ERP upgrade, uh, but they have challenges trying to keep IT staff in in the door, um, which is which is pushing out that project, um, let alone, you know, tying up some of their availability to even look at other potential projects Um, and, you know, with with shifting responsibilities. I mentioned companies looking to upskill Their staff, again, whether that's on the customer service side, whether that's on the finance side, because they want them to be more valuable. They want to create better advancement opportunities so that they can keep people, um, you know, with this whole great resignation that's going Mm -hmm. on uh, right now. um, You know, it's tough to keep people in the door. um, And, you know, with different companies offering remote work, different companies mandating employees go into um, the office, you know, there's, it's, it's just, you know, a whole different beast than what we've really ever been used to.
1: Absolutely. And, and you'd mentioned the great resignation, which I think people are hearing. It's a, it's a buzzword that we're hearing, uh, throughout LinkedIn, throughout the marketplace in general. Um, you know, it, it varies from discussions of pay wages, you know, uh, merit increases big one. Obviously we're in a, we're in a place where inflation is at its almost nearly the highest point it's ever been. So, People are constantly looking at pay opportunities. They're looking about mm-hmm. uh, advancement opportunities in house compared to leaving and and moving into a different industry. Uh, again, your remote work mentioned, um, and then a big part of that whole retention of employees comes down to, you know, challenges that people face in their daily activities because lack of technology. So. You know with lack of technology you don't have that visibility into the processes you are not automating tasks that you know are time consuming and in dated processes and there are some c- common themes in strategic areas to focus while organizations evaluate the right automate automation and, and it may consist of um in some of the more common themes we hear are you know let's just say user friendly and a robust interface so you know, many, many organizations want to have their employees walk in the door, know exactly what they need to do, what they need to accomplish, hit the ground running. And this is maintained by the business, which means management teams can generate their own reports. They can delegate tasks, shift responsibilities um, as needed. So it takes much of that risk of relying on a vendor to hold your hand in information hostage by limiting the ease uh, or making it easier for for them to manage the solution in the house with little interaction with, with the vendor. Um, obviously on the, on those necessary tasks, they would be involved. But people are not going to invest in a solution if they do not foresee complete user adoption. So making that system uh, as user friendly, user intuitive as possible, you know, typically with any change, any investment in new technology, there's a lot of change management goes on, and this won't be successful if they do not enjoy the tools they're using, uh, which obviously is is the the user experience. They want to have a great user experience to where, again, they come in the door, they know exactly what they need to do, and there's no roadblocks holding them back. So, Graham, for you, is there anything that comes to mind specifically when you when you you know, talk about change management, or that's brought up in a uh, a client, um, you know, client meeting interaction. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, and, and I think that you know, conversation really starts with just like you said, user adoption. I think you know, uh, on on both ends of the spectrum, um, people have concerns about that user adoption, um, and I think people really make those decisions based on that user adoption. And I've heard it from you know our existing customers. I've heard it from um, companies that have gone with other uh that have gone with other vendors, um, that they chose it because of that user interface. Because our staff like that user interface more. Our staff sure. could see ourselves working in that user interface, uh, and I think that's a big deal because you, you truly need to mobilize um, your team, and, and you need to be transparent and communicate those changes. Uh, and and I see especially today a lot of companies are in- introducing. Um, some of those end users to the conversations to help make those decisions to drive that because what they don't want is they don't want to implement something that their their users aren't going to use. Um, and you know when you're thinking about change management as well, You know, it's something that you need to think uh, a few steps down the line for as well. Sure. If if we're introducing this technology, why are we introducing this technology? What are the goals associated with introducing this technology? What outcomes am I looking for and what steps along that process do I need to change? Um, So that could start with a a process mapping um, exercise today to understand, Okay, how are we functioning? How do we want to function? As I mentioned, with responsibilities changing, with companies looking for more advancement opportunities, a lot of times what we see is that people are investing in automation to allow that staff to focus in other areas. Sure. Um, there have been a couple scenarios and, and one specific example comes to mind though, where you know I remember a, a few years ago, I was speaking with a manufacturing company about their customer service excellence goals. Um, and they were getting ready to pull the trigger on Esker uh, specifically for our order entry automation tool. And in a conversation with the VP of supply chain, he asked, you know, is there anything that we aren't considering here or anything that we should be prepared for when we're making this change? Um, And I think in that moment, we'd had some conversations, but it really dawned on me that during all these conversations, we talked about, okay, what do you want this piece of the process to look like? Mm -hmm. But they weren't thinking about the whole function as, as a whole. Um, meaning that, you know, they knew that they wanted to eliminate that manual data entry, but if you're able to save 40% of their day, what are they going to do next in their case that, that ended up being, you know, kind of an idea session together where, okay, well, we need help here. We need Mm -hmm. help here, we need help here. And then they have the ability to kind of visualize that, to be able to make that change. Um, And again, in their instance, they brought some of those end users, some of those power users into those conversations as well to help affect those change, to make sure that there's heavy employee satisfaction as well with that change management, because let's face it, change is scary. You know, and and a lot of companies halt what they're doing because they don't want to take on that change.
1: Yeah. Specifically
2: that change management.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that brings up a great next point, which is, You know what we're hearing also is the ability to consolidate into a single tool so you know having a variety of solutions can be complex they can work against your organization in that Mm -hmm. exact example where you know change is scary you have multiple tools you have people having to be cross-trained in all these different tools and having a singular solution in place offers better visibility into each business process so you know some of the buzzwords that we're hearing very often are vendor consolidation, IT simplification and you know the benefit is you're leveraging one tool across multiple business processes so as as i mentioned earlier you know esker handles invoice to cash you know order management as well as the procure to pay process so it can help you eliminate many of those tedious tasks they standardize process they standardize platforms across multiple processes so the the executive suite doesn't, they don't have to learn different tools and, you know, the business units, uh, can mitigate some of those risks by c- creating a stronger onboarding process for new employees, mm-hmm. uh, as well as, you know, those employees that they currently have and, and kind of scale down that learning process because that UI, that functionality, the, the, the fo- the feel and look of the tool, you know, looks very similar. Uh, in addition to that, you know, there's a reduction in cost by managing tools, um, you know, to increase productivity. So you're managing must many less tools. You're having to deal with less contracts, which obviously we understand evergreen c- clause can be uh, turbulence. But, you know, I, I think, Graham, that probably leads into a, uh, you know, another piece to that technical example, I think, you know, would be worth discussing. So I'll, I'll go ahead and pass it back over to you.
2: Yeah, you know, and I think that's all relevant. Um, you know, what I'm hearing from almost every CIO that I talk to is that when it comes to any kind of IT investment, they want to know, OK, what's the next step? Um, yeah, you know, I think five, 10 years ago, a lot of companies said, hey, we're going to build it in house. When we need something changed, we're going to add on to it. And a lot of companies would maybe take existing technology that they had in place, see how they can replicate that in another area, again, to replicate that look and feel. Sure. Um, and now in, in most of those conversations, it's OK, You know, we're talking about this process. What else can you do? What else can we help? Can, can you help with? How do we look at more of a, a phased approach for this? Maybe phase one is looking at the accounts payable process. Phase two is to start looking at the accounts receivable process. Phase three, to help in customer service. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, being able to look for um, a platform that can scale either intercompany or by region. I think is very beneficial you know a story that comes to mind is um 3m they were using um another solution for order entry automation and they had it for about 10 years and it helped them to meet the needs that they had at that time Um, after coming to asker getting everything set up they're actually able to scale to an additional 60 countries within about six months wow which was huge for them and that's, you know, under a vast enterprise landscape. Um, and for them, there's a lot of value in being able to take that same solution, scale that across the organization so now they have a global standard with how that function operates. And I think that's really what a lot of companies are looking for. Would you agree with that, Chris?
1: Yeah, yeah, that and, uh, you know, something that we hear very often in those larger enterprises are the, the mergers and acquisitions. You know, mm-hmm. they're bringing on new organizations, new companies that have their own technology, different ERP tools can be good and bad, but you know they're not only purchasing that company but they're purchasing their tools. So um, you know what we're hearing is rather than merging them all over to that that ERP system, is there a way we can aggregate the data? So with a tool that's uh, that's able to scale multi-ERP environments, uh, bring that data to one central point. It'll help with keep keeping some of that front end labor down in that merger and acquisition, pulling them over quicker, getting the information in. Um, so that that's definitely um, a value in it. And you know, what helps in those scenarios as well is you know the increased visibility over the process, uh, you know, as well as the resources that are managing the process. So as we know, COVID forced companies to peel back the onion a bit on their processes, and and they realized there were some significant challenges. So you know, with the recessions, including, you know, supply chain, the cost to retain talent, you know, the visibility that you need into your key business processes and where do most of your mistakes happen? Where's most of your labor? Uh, How do you eliminate that? Is, is there consistent errors that you're seeing and what do you, how do you address those staff needs? So how do we make their jobs easier, more efficient? So with the visibility piece comes reporting analytics, KPIs, and you know a quote comes to mind from the father of modern management peter drucker and he once said you know if you can't measure it how do you manage it you can't manage it so with the current state of the supply chain companies are realizing it's more difficult to get what they need when they need it and many have challenges with moder- monitoring those key performance indicators so they want to look for areas that they can improve the process which is obviously a cost reduction um, and with a tool like esker Um, You know, tailored dashboards allow, you know, businesses to keep close eye on cash, they can track productivity, measure KPIs that, you know, impact bottom lines. And, you know, these, these companies are currently reaping benefits because the process transparency and the visibility. So a company comes to mind very similar, like your 3M story, a company called Partstown, um, you know, due to high reporting capabilities and more visibility in their process. They partnered with Esker and they leveraged the AP automation tool. What they were able to do is Part Town was able to strengthen the visibility and achieve, achieve 30% in additional savings per month through a 50% increase in capture of early payment discounts. This was capturing data that they needed to, understanding that these are the vendors that are allowing them to, to get a kickback on a monthly basis. And capturing capturing those uh early payment discounts is a great way to help offset an investment of you know, in that scenario, AP automation, while also you know, driving your AP department to become more of a profit center rather than a cost. So um that's just something that pops into my mind um as, as a very valuable scenario, you know, you know, a, a increase of that nature is is worth noting. But Um, this kind of wraps things up for us and and hopefully, you know, this has been insightful as you guys look at new technologies, you know, there are many, many layers to projects uh, of automation and, you know, really what you need to focus to is make sure you're doing your due diligence, slow things down a bit, make sure it's the right fit for what you're looking for. Um, you know, there are many cases where Graham and myself have conversations with companies, thought they had the right tool in place. And two years later, they're looking at technology again. So I want to be conscious of our time. So it looks like there may be some questions in the chat. Uh, Hannah, I'm going to go ahead and pass this back to you for the questions piece.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, Thank you, Graham and Chris. That was awesome. Um, So we're going to get started with the Q&A. As Chris said, we do have a few. Um, So the first one seems to be um, so the question is, better visibility and automation can obviously help, but what do you say to a company or a controller who is price conscious and wants an idea of ROI to validate the cost of a solution?
1: Sure. And Graham, I'm going to kick this over to you because I've had many conversations where you're where you're having these discussions. Actively.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, the key is, um, you know, kind of looking at um, some of what you might consider like the golden metrics. What is it now? What does it look like, or, or I'm sorry, what is it now? What do you want it to be, and how do you measure that? Um, So, you know, until you really understand what your process looks like, until you understand kind of the value of that opportunity, it's tough. Um, And every leader is a little bit different as to what they value Um, in a solution, in an ROI. um, You know, I've worked with companies that said, you know what, we know that the ROI isn't really there today. But we want to change how we manage our business, and this is the right move to make. And there are other companies that say, "Hey, you know, we need to put together a concrete business case to be able to justify this project." It's it it, it really varies um, within each company. Um, but you know, if those are questions that you guys have, if you guys are thinking about an AP and AR project, we'd be more than happy to kind of talk through some of those questions with you guys on a, on a one off basis as well. Definitely. anything you wanted to add to
1: that chris no no i think I think that's valuable because there there are um different nuances to every project you know some yeah. want to reallocate headcount reduce ha- headcount want to leverage <clears throat> dynamic discounting early pay discounts they want to process orders faster so it really depends um if you're having those discussions of all of the above I mean that's a great use case that's a great um candidate for automation so that's yeah. that's just my two cents of it and
2: and i guess one thing that i didn't consider as well that you kind of reminded me of as well is you know understand you know what goals are they looking to accomplish as well mm-hmm. just because it might look easy um from your standpoint maybe they don't see it that way maybe there are specific metrics
1: yeah. that they're
2: looking to improve and, and try to understand what why would they make the decision
1: absolutely yeah great feedback
0: and the next question actually seems to kind of segue well into um, what you guys were just talking about. Uh, how can we get employees excited about introducing a new tool or solution?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Graham had mentioned something earlier. People do not like change. and you know, user adoption is a challenge. Changing habits is a challenge. And I think where people find the excitement is they realize it makes their life easier you know, possibly those long days of pulling data down, merging reports, um, chasing invoices, you know, whatever it may be that's manual now is eliminated. And they get to focus to more value added tasks, tasks that are more important, less, you know, less monotony to it. So I think that's a big piece is, is getting people to understand like, hey, this isn't to make your life more difficult, it's to make it easier for you. So you can hopefully punch that clock at five o'clock and go home and, you know, enjoy a cocktail or hang out with your kids, whatever you, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to do in that moment. So Graham, what's your, what's your opinion of that?
2: Uh, I, you know, I think for, for me, it comes down to two things is communicate those changes, make sure that they are well aware of what is going on and why it's happening. Um, And then the other thing is, you know, if you want to get them excited about these changes, bring them in, help them be a part of the decision-making process. Um, you know, sure. there have been yeah, a few very... projects that I've worked on where, I mean, teams are eager and excited because they felt valued. They got their feedback and the end result of a solution. And now they get to work within that. Yeah. And they can see. Yeah, that's
1: a great point. Yeah. And, and the, I think the biggest point to that whole scenario is the fact that they're they're the end users, like you had mentioned. They're the ones who are in the trenches. They're in it. They're using it. Yeah. 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 So, no, that's, that's wonderful. That's a great point. Hannah, what else do we have? Do we have anything else lined up or is that it?
0: It seems that was it for questions. Um,
1: okay.
0: Yeah, so Great. just, I wanna say thanks again, Chris, Graham. It was awesome. And thanks to our viewers for uh, for those who joined our live stream today. Um, we will have another one in June, so please keep an eye out for that. Um, and if you have any further questions, Keep dropping them in the comments and we'll, I'll see them and I'll make sure that we can get back to you and have someone answer them. So thanks again. Have a wonderful day guys. Yeah. Thanks
1: Thanks for
2: having us.
0: Thanks.